on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. Episode 107, making our way to 200. I got to stop saying that right now because it might take us a little longer to get to <laughs> 200 than it did 100. But <laughs> we won't we'll get to 200 until like 2030. <laughs> we might, but you know, we appreciate y'all hanging with uh, us and we will get there. Big Ugly, how you doing, man? Oh man, I'm doing all right. You know, just uh, as we're talking about, just waiting for this thunderstorm to come through. I see it coming and, uh, you know, watching wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, that's what we do. It's it's not always, uh, it's dirty, it's ugly, but it's wrestling. And and speaking of that thunderstorm, you know, that makes, that makes a lot of people want to head for cover. You know what I mean? Like go inside. You don't want to be outside. You don't want to be walking around driving and you don't, you certainly don't want to be I guess homeless, and you know, you don't want to be out in the, in the elements. So I think, and the way we've got this presented here, I don't know, you know, this is a room in, in the penthouse. This is a Zoom room in the, in the mansion, it could be. But we do we have somebody lurking? Do we, do we have a guest? Do we have a surprise, Big Ugly? I do feel like we have a lurker that is trying to get in <laughs> recover. <laughs> a, a lurker. Well, may, may we, you know, uh, may we. Can I let him in? You know, I, I think we should. We should. We should see we who should this be is. Good Samaritans and let him in. We should, and we should give the audience what they want. We don't know what it is yet, but we're going to find out. Yes. All right. I'm letting them in. All right, so let's see. We're, we're going to let him in out of the thunderstorm, out of the rain. It's it's a hundred degrees outside. But uh, who is this mystery guest that's that's making their way into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast? Oh, oh! I I just popped. I just popped, ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't been here since one hundred, but he's been here for so many from one to one hundred, and now he's back for one hundred and seven, ladies and gentlemen. The one and only. We're going to find out what's going on with this guy. Chris Burns, ladies and gentlemen, studio audience, give it up. Gentlemen, how y'all doing tonight? Chris Burns, thanks for coming in out of the thunderstorm, man. How are you? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been yes, a minute. man. Dude, I, I, you know, I, we, we know I, we came into the penthouse and we found you in 107 and, and we found you at 100. Now we got 107 the dirty ugly wrestling podcast where you been man do you have a do you have a home yeah i know you put up different backgrounds last last time you were here but uh what's going on with you well i had to put the backdrops in because i want ones that could try to triangulate my location especially with being at uh episode 100 for everyone to see oh so you were you were incognito basically uh, well, not not necessarily because I know because I know like the wrestling fans what like what what listen to the podcast. They do. So obviously, obviously they'll watch the show, and I'm not and I and I don't know about like a lot of the other wrestlers, but I guess <laughs> I guess I might have like an old more of an old school mentality. I try to keep my personal life and my wrestling life very separate. I feel you, big, big ugly. This is a man who still believes in kayfabe. I try, but yeah, try to keep some <laughs> sort of mystique here. <laughs> Third degree, Chris Burns, or you know, it, it's just Chris Burns at this point, and and you're enjoying a beverage. Who are we? Who are we sponsored by today? What kind of beverage is that? Uh, I'm not saying because they're not paying. <laughs> We love Good man. it. Good man. See, you've learned over the years because we don't we we support a lot of people who don't pay us. Right. <laughs> if they were paying me, I'd have it in their glass and not mine. Ah, Ron White, thank you very much for that. That's a beautiful and, and and quoting him. It, but it is the it is the kind of drink that men will die penniless. 
<laughs> well, that's that's quality. That's what I'm talking about. But you know, we we we're glad you're back on the uh, podcast. Thank you so much. We're gonna. Th- this is episode 107. We got a lot to talk about. Lot lots happening in in the summer. It, this is the biggest party of the summer right here because it's August, and that's when the biggest party of the summer happened. Not July 30th. But um, that's okay, because it was SummerSlam, it was Nashville, we're going to talk about that. We got SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio, Google, Yahoo, Chrome, whatever you got, you're hearing us, and, and all the way to the, to the islands of Japan. Uh, they're still listening to us over there, and all the way in the middle, Hawaii, Japan, uh, Italy, uh, oh, they're all over the place, Big Ugly. You're just throwing out countries at this I'm point. I'm throwing out countries that I've seen that have... Tagged into the SoundCloud. I'm just looking for looking for countries to plug, um, but they ain't paying us either. Just like Chris Burns said. Yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully they're, they're real fans and not bots. Uh, you know what? Exactly. Yeah. Dirty Ugly Wrestling. We we enjoy fans, but we welcome bots because <laughs> bots bots give us uh, give us engagement. You know what I'm we'll saying? Take what we can get. <laughs> we'll take what we can get because that's how dirty and ugly we are. But you're right, Chris Burns. You're absolutely right. So it's it's great to have you back. So let's just dive right in, boys. We got a couple of segments. We got a couple of special guests that might drop in. You never know. Um, uh, what have you been had you've been watching any of the professional wrestling product from wherever you are chris burns um i have not most re- uh, very recently i mean me with uh with a lot of ch- with the stuff going on in my personal life i mean nothing mm. bad or anything which like unfortunately time's not exactly a luxury at the moment okay uh, but, I, but i do try to keep tra- keep track with like the dirt sheets like try to keep keep track with like the currents like the big storylines and stuff uh okay. i did I uh, did did manage to see uh, see an episode of uh, of uh, Friday Night Rampage. Okay, AEW. Uh, all right. Yeah, I think it was I think it was it was like it was like back in June. I think it was like a go home show, like one of the pay per views, I believe. Sure, sure. And see, and- I said, it feels like the only time I've actually wa- actually got to watch AEW. Kind of had like the uh, kind of had like a like a Ring of Honor type of uh, feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, kind of like the kind of like the wrestling style. That's at least that's what I got out of it. You're right, and they they just uh, AEW recently acquired Ring of Honor, so they've yes. got not now they're not only incorporating their uh, talent roster, and they're also mm-hmm. incorporating their merchandise and their video library, but it looks like they're incorporating a little bit of their their wrestling style, their on camera personas, all kinds of things. As a matter of fact, uh, Cesaro, otherwise known as Claudio Castanoli, I guess that's kind of backwards, yeah. but uh, is the new Ring of Honor champion as of recently. Uh, it only took Cesaro to leave one company, go to another, and get pushed to the moon. That's a Cameron Grimes reference, but that's NXT 2.0. Not a lot of people watching that these days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how do you feel? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cesaro, you know, Claudio, how about that as a Ring of Honor champion? Big Ugly, how do you feel about that? World champion already. So this is news to me. I have yeah. not been keeping up. Although, you know, I, I appreciate AEW and yes, you do. Ring of Honor be, after we went to the live show, but I still yeah. don't have TNT, so I don't watch the product. Fair However, enough. It's good to know that Cesaro is getting a push that he deserves. Um, but that brings up some other things that concerns I have for AEW and Ring of Honor, but we can get into that later. I mean, we're already talking about it. Why don't we just, because we'll talk about SummerSlam later. We'll talk about Vince McMahon. We'll talk about WrestleMania 39 and 40. Go ahead. What are your concerns? What are your thoughts? My concern is that they are repeating (laughs) the same mistake that I feel like WCW did and TNA did, which is taking 
all of the WWE talent and pushing them to the moon and the homegrown talent is suffering for it. Mm. Even acquiring Ring of Honor, you're feeling like that. So it's uh, because kind of like you have to look at their champions right now. The Ring of Honor champion is Claudio Castagnoli. That's that's Cesaro. The AEW interim champion uh, is Dean. uh, Well, say Dean Ambrose, but uh, John Moxley. That's the interim champion. And um, the the actual champion who will come back and get another title shot is CM Punk, which is, you know, theoretically came from another company as well. So. You're, you're thinking that the homegrown talent, the ones that actually started the company with them a couple of years ago, they're kind of kind of sucking up. Maybe even uh, Chris Burns said Rampage, you know, that's kind of where they're at. They got uh, Rampage. They got AEW Dark. They got Dark Elevation. They got Dynamite. They got pay-per-views, but they got a lot of, you know, a lot of Chris Jericho followers, you know, not even the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's just like all these main eventers that we've seen or have not seen, but, you know, what, what about this middle talent? What do you think they should do? You think they should flip the script, Big Ugly? Kind of turn it upside down? I mean, I feel like it, I, I just feel like there has to be, I get it. I get acquiring that talent, right? Like from mm-hmm. a business decision. I just think that there has to be a good balance between not, you know, between making sure your homegrown talent is still getting the shine they deserve, but then also, you know, keeping the WWE stars that have already gained popularity, in, in the forefront. So it's just striking a balance. And I feel like they're starting to tip toward, or they have tipped towards that TNA WCW thing where it's like all of the old WWE guys are at the top, you know, and then the homegrown guys are kind of just getting in where they fit in. Hmm. And so it's becoming almost WWE 2.0. Oh boy. <laughs> WWE 2.0. Okay. But I mean, the storytelling to me is still better than WWE. True. There, just, there's a lot I going just feel on. like it's the old WWE guys that are still getting the most shine, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Burns, I know you're kind of in and out watching the product all, you know, all over the world, uh, keeping up with the dirt sheets. What do you think? What do you think about that? Do you think it's uh, kind of unbalanced at this point? Uh, what? Yeah, I'd have, I did notice like a lot of, a lot of like the, a lot of the old WWE guys are migrating to AEW. Mm-hmm. And Grant's another place for them to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, Biggie said, "Biggie just said it's like uh, almost like a WWE 2.0 or mm. like a WCW 3.0." Oh, yeah, right. Know. Okay, okay. Uh, but but I, but I know like a, a lot of like a lot of different companies, not necessarily like WWE, like like WWE in general or wrestling in general. Uh, a lo- lot of like storylines and a lot of times history repeats itself. Um, and storylines storylines repeat itself." characters repeat themselves mm-hmm. meaning you got like like a like jbl's like was like a modern day ted dibiase mm. Mm. that's just that's just an example i mean jbl's <clears throat> jbl on his own right okay yeah see what you're saying i mean it's it's kind of like uh not exactly repeating, but just kind of taking taking the old stuff or taking the stuff that's already been done, kind of brushing it off and using it again. Um, it's, you know, not too, you know, it's hard to find originality um, where, you know, you have a product that's can just continually going. There, there's so much product. There's so much content. There's so many people in the talent roster. I don't know how much, how original people can get. Uh, it's very unusual these days. Um, but hey. go ahead. And, and part of it is like, listen, I can't blame AEW from a business standpoint, right? Because 
WWE essentially it's the NFL, right? You you you've got the top of the line talent, right? So if this talent leaves and comes to your company, mm. the last thing you're going to do, it's like the number one draft pick. The last thing you're going to do is put them on a bench. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You're, you're going to put them out there. So I I get it. I feel I just feel bad for more of the AEW homegrown talent because it's like as more WWE talent starts to take notice of AEW and want to leave to come there. It just means that they are essentially the ones that get benched. But it's a good business decision. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just, it's a hard thing to come back. Yeah, I'm not sure how much, you know, what they're, they're working, obviously, softer schedules that, you know, I guess they're getting compensated well as far as pay goes. So I don't know, you know, some, some people have different desires, different needs, you know, different talent, you know, it's all about the work in the ring. It's what they're producing on television. It's their quality of their of work. It's their body of work. Some people really care about that. Other people care about, oh, you know what, I'm only working two days a week and then I can go out and do independence on the weekend and charge an arm and a leg and kind of write my own ticket and then just come back to television and then they'll still put me on or, you know, I could sit backstage and just kind of watch and you could put me on dark. You could put me on elevation. You could put me somewhere else, but I uh, maybe, maybe it's just an easier, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, from, but from a business standpoint, the way we see it, I see what you're saying. You, you want to load them up, you know, it's uh, you want to have the options. You want to have the ability availability, but in, in the same aspect, you don't want to take somebody who's been, a superstar or possibly a superstar making it somewhere else and then come and just kind of sit on the bench. It's hard. Um, it's challenging. I will say this, this is kind of a, it kind of putting everything what uh, Chris and you uh, big ugly putting together. This is interesting. I, I was watching dynamite last night and there was a match. It was Matt Hardy versus Christian. Now in several different companies in so many different character variations, we've seen this match a lot. And there was a guy in the front row that had a sign that said, I played this match on WWE No Mercy or WWF No Mercy. If you all remember this, this is an N64 game from a long time ago. So that just shows you how 20 years old. Yeah, at least. And this is kind of showing you, you got all of this new up and coming homegrown young talent that's just sitting there. But you've got 40 and 45 and 50 year, however old these guys are, having a... 15 minute segment match. Now I understand it's a vehicle for Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's getting up. He's a young guy. He's getting up. He's getting over. He's got a storyline. That's great. And it's it's Christian that's kind of pushing him up there. But to get him there, you really need to take 15 minutes of your two hour show to have a match between the. Uh, no offense to these guys. I swear. I love them both. But seriously, you can have a better match. <laughs> like you could have a backstage segment that kind of leads into this or another match with two younger guys where the, the, the other guys, Christian and Matt Hardy are kind of on the outside, put Luchasaurus in there, put, you know, somebody else. I'm just saying it's, that's prime real estate. As far as dynamite is concerned, that's their two hour main television show. They probably so, could did that. They probably could did that with a tag team match. They could have. Right. Yeah, they could. And they could have added more people from the back. They could have got more people working. And they could have did led, led into the same thing with Jungle Boy coming in at the end and getting over and playing the music. And that's the whole point, you know, to push Jungle Boy. But you don't need 15 minutes uh, of a television show to do it. Anyway, no, I'm not, again, no offense. But I see what you're saying. But I, I will say something. I read the Google machine right here as we were talking. So AEW is kind of taking a little dip in the ratings, um, which is interesting because – 
SummerSlam was just this past weekend, and that was big, you know, big thing. There was big news in WWE over the past couple of weeks with, you know, Vince stepping down, Stephanie stepping up, Triple H stepping up. So I think a lot of a lot of eyes right now are on the WWE product to kind of see what they do. Will they go from TV PG and change to TV 14, TV violent, whatever they want? You know, what will WWE do? But kind of a WWE is kind of taking a front seat right now. And I think they did a pretty good job when we start talking about SummerSlam. They're doing all right. But do you think, and I'll start with Big Ugly here, does, is this trend going to continue or can, can they fix themselves here, Big Ugly? You mean can... Can they come back in the ratings and can they change this, this uh, quality of product to focus on the younger, newer people? AEW, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think so. I, no. I, I kind of feel like, no, I, I feel like they, they, they dug themselves in a hole. Uh-oh. I think that... You know, WWE talent continues to, as they continue to be released and some that are still on the market, they mm-hmm. want to come to AEW. And I feel like, like, like you know, like I said, it, it's, it don't make sense to sign some of these guys to these contracts that you know they're going to get and to not utilize them. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like they've already started the trend and, and it's like you, just, you have to see it through at this point. Yeah. And uh, until these guys start to make the jump back like Cody did. Right you're going to keep saying what we're saying. Now, and, and you just mentioned that, and I'll ask Chris Burns kind of to tack, tack on to that. Just like Cody Rhodes did, will we see some of these other people, maybe not in such of an extreme light, like Cody Rhodes was huge, WrestleMania, big time, but will we see some of these other guys be like sitting either bored out of their minds or not, not happy creatively and kind of heading back now that the, the regime is changing in WWE and saying, hey, is there something else we can do here? What do you think about that, Chris Burns? It, it's all, I mean... It's like old cliche, like never say never. I mean, mm-hmm. anything could happen. I, mean, I know, I mean, I think I've read this, uh, WWE's talking about going back to bringing in indie guys because I heard like their tryout didn't really work out so well that they had SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had a big tryout. Yeah. I heard heard that. heard that was a sort of bit of a disaster. Mm. Really? Okay. Plus, That's not plus, with, that... plus, with, plus with Triple H running things, he was he was big in like the, the indie guy like the indie guys, like people with talent. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's where you're kind of trying to pull from. Either people would have absolutely zero experience or people come in with only the independent wrestling experience that they have underneath them. And I we, Go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going to interject. I'm going to definitely say that I think within the next two years, we're definitely going to see a shift where it, it's going to be like a balance thing. You know, it's like, because if you think about it, a lot of the guys that left WWE, when they remarked on it, who was the guy that they had issue with? It was Vince, right? Mm, like, yeah. Like the direction Vince was taking their character, blah, blah, blah. With Triple H at the helm of creative, I definitely see a lot of guys wanting to come back because, I mean, hey, a lot of them made their bones with Triple H and NXT. Mm. And so now with Triple H, you know, in charge of creative for the main roster, I definitely see some of them, you know, being like, okay, I, I could, you know, be open to coming back. Hmm. That's very interesting. And, uh, you know, to touch upon that, uh, we, we mentioned it a couple times through here since, since the last time Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast has been on. Um, you yeah, know, Vince McMahon uh, announces retirement kind of out of nowhere, like an RKO, um, you know, puts it all over social media and everything like that. He's retiring. Uh, we know Vince has a lot of 
you know, kind of legal battles and issues to fight right now. You know, that could be a part of it. But I mean, he's up there, 77 years old. He just obviously it could have been structured to where he had his last shot at performing at WrestleMania, last shot at actually pushing somebody on television like Theory. Um, and now he's, you know, kind of letting it go. Now, obviously, Vince is watching from somewhere. Um, he's never going to be completely disconnected, but he's out. And uh, Stephanie McMahon has actually taken the leadership role as far as the, that you know the behind the scenes and Triple H is actually taken back creative, um, and he was take he take back took back creative in NXT as well. So this is what's happened now. And what you're saying, big ugly, that now that the regime has changed, these guys that have left, especially over the past six to twelve months, they you know since uh, COVID kind of let up a little bit and live audiences started coming back and things like that. Now they can look back and would Triple H be welcome to bringing some of these people back do you think absolutely but i'm gonna let chris chris want to say something go ahead go ahead chris oh oh to answer well to that answer that i mean triple h will do what's best for business absolutely and and a comment with and with the whole and pull change of power within wwe Mm -hmm. uh did did anyone else um uh did anyone else have the CM Punk's pipe bomb coming in their heads? Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of thought about that in the back of my mind. That's yeah, a, that's, uh-huh. a, that's, a, that's the first thing I thought of. It was like the prophecy of CM Punk's pipe bomb coming to fruition. Well, he did. I mean, you know, that's what he said. His uh, idiot son-in-law and or what, what do you what do you call it? Idiots, idiot idiotic daughter, daughter idiotic daughter, and doofus son-in-law. That's quote, it. Quote. That's yeah. it. You know, yeah. which is funny because I actually think that Triple H would do very well with creating like storylines for punk but continue okay but yeah chris i mean you're right it's the it's the pipe bomb fruition come true and then you know it's it just kind of shows you the kind of mind that he had back then the kind of mind that he has now and even though he's injured on the shelf he's up you know upwards 40 years old he's still got a creative mind for the business and there's there's people out there like that now maybe the SummerSlam tryout over the weekend we didn't find a lot of those people but um I think well, I think that SummerSlam tryout was mostly like just regular athletes that have zero wrestling experience and gotcha. end up end up biting them. Yeah, and you you can have athletic ability. That's great. You can be a great athlete, but that doesn't necessarily mean it translates over to professional wrestling. Right. Um, it's it's a whole I mean, package. I mean, Grant, there, Grant, there are like the occasional standouts. I mean, obviously, like Kurt, like Kurt Angle, he transitioned. Sure. Uh, I think it was uh, Logan Paul. Is that who it was? That, that yeah, Logan Paul, social heard, media influencer. Heard he, I heard he did, uh, had a good showing at uh, SummerSlam. He he did. I I'm still not sold on him as a character yet, but is, his in ring work is pretty is solid. Qu- it's passable. It's it's quite good. And obviously, he's been in there with people like the Miz. You know, you know, he's been in there with somebody that's quality that's going to walk him through that. But he's putting in the work. He's doing a good job. I, was, um, I feel like with people like Logan Paul, the hard part is that he's still very much active outside of WWE. You get sure. what I'm saying? So it's like trying to create a character for him in WWE becomes difficult, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, because he is he's Logan Paul. You know what I mean? It's. It's, it's odd. Yeah, I mean, and, and Logan Paul has built so much of a, I guess, an empire, social media influence that when you think of Logan Paul, you're the last thing you're thinking is WWE. It's just kind of what he's yes. doing right now. 
Yes, exactly. Um, but I, he said he signed a long-term contract, you know, but that could be a, a Brock Lesnar type contract or Roman Reigns like type contract. He could only come in every, every so often. And does that make it legitimate? Does that make it relevant? It makes it exciting as a special attraction, but maybe not as a consistent WWE superstar, but I guess, you know, people like bad bunny, people like even Pat McAfee is very consistent. He now, I, I still think of him in a lot of other ways, but he's consistent WWE. He's on television every every week. He's he's in front of us. He's talking to us, right. and he's working. You know, he's working storylines. Um, but that it's Logan Paul did a good job. Did did you all did you? I mean, dirt cheats and everything else. Everybody was busy. Did you all get to see the performance by Logan Paul at SummerSlam? Yes, I did. Okay, Chris Burns, did you see it? No, okay. I did not. He did a good job. Um, uh, you know, as far as holding his own in the ring. But here's here's what I'm thinking. Well, we might as well talk about SummerSlam now that we're kind of into it. Um, for this day and age, what's going on in the WWE, they have a nice mix of special attraction talent, um, homegrown talent, in-ring talent, storylines, and you know, it's kind of picking up. It's it's doing it's doing okay. SummerSlam as a whole was a pretty good event to watch from beginning to end. Um and Logan Paul being right in the middle, it was one of the matches I was not really interested in watching. Um, I, I was okay if, if it's a bathroom match, but I, I was I was captivated. I was intrigued, and he actually turned the crowd around in the middle of the match. Now that that's interesting to have two people that are pretty much hated. You got the Miz is a heel, and Logan Paul people just love to hate him. And then in the middle of the match, you got Logan Paul creating sympathy for himself, and then you know getting over at the end, getting over at the crowd. That was pretty cool. Um, that's kind of what happened, Chris. And then I don't know if it's, it didn't seem like it was piped in. It just, it seemed like it was legitimate. And I got to say, without the Vince handcuffs on things, you saw a lot of differences in the ring. You heard a lot of differences on the commentary, big ugly. I don't know if you noticed a couple of these things, but SummerSlam was a little bit different under the Triple H Stephanie regime. Definitely. I mean, you saw it and, and it was most apparent when Bailey and uh, what's, what's the EO Dakota Kai and EO Shirai. Yeah, yeah. When they came out, it was like, this is Triple H. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, that, that was Triple H. It was like, OK, yes, we know who's in charge right now. And it was great because you had a great match between Becky Lynch and, and uh, Bianca Belair to start off the show. Yeah, it was a great match. And after that great match, which had a clean finish, by the way, um, you had all kinds of extracurricular activity. <laughs> and then you see a lot of, you know, you see heel turns right in the middle and then you see new storylines starting. Like you have the potential for five or six different stories there. Yeah. So Chris, that's kind of what happened. And that's how they started off SummerSlam. So it was kind of saying, all right, here we are. Here's what we've got. We've got this awesome match between Becky and Bianca. And we're going to present that to you. We're going to give you a clean finish. And then we're going to give you some run-ins at the end. And then we're going to give you some returns. And then we're going to give you some, Becky Lynch turning face and we're going to give you, you know, Bailey, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai all heel. We're going to give you that kind of stuff. Do you, do you think, I mean, that's different than any recent pay-per-view that you could think of, or I should say premium live event. Um, as far as WWE is concerned, do you find that a little bit different, Chris? Uh, I mean, in, in a way, I mean, with I me mean, bring, bringing Bailey and all, the, all those, all those lays back, I mean, that um, with that fact, with that group, you know, it creates like, like two, three months worth of matches. Mm -hmm. I mean, just with Bianca Blair and another three or six when uh, when Becky, Becky comes back. Mm. Yeah, and she, I, I don't know if she was hurt before the match or she legitimately got hurt during the match. It was a pretty physical match, but she's uh, she's out for three to six months now, um, which is, 
I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because they just turned her face. But I mean, she came out on Monday Night Raw. They had a moment in the ring, her and Bianca. It was a hug. It was legitimate. And then it just it kind of handed it off to other people, other storylines. I don't, you know, Becky is going to be hot when she comes back, no matter what. Is yeah. that agreed? Yes. Agreed. Okay. <clears throat> so now she kind of passed the buck and, and on the heels of this, now we're going to have some different stories. Uh, I, I'm excited about that. SummerSlam was, uh, I'm actually going to take a look at it now. I'm going to SummerSlam results. I remember what it was, but I'm just going to take a look at it. Uh, but that was the first thing. And then, of course, uh, we go in the go in the middle here. Uh, go down, go down. Raw Women's Championship. Okay, Logan Paul and the Miz was kind of the come down match. Uh, that was the match afterwards, second match. Um, and we we know at Logan Paul, we just kind of talked about that. Logan Paul won, but to me, it didn't feel like a come down match. It felt like it could have been a come down match, but it actually delivered a little bit better than you thought it uh, thought it would. Big ugly. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense that you know they would put it where they where they did, considering that Logan Paul doesn't have a lot of experience. But it wasn't a come down match. Like it might have been intended to be that, but it was not that. Gotcha. Um, and uh, you know, Chris Burns. I know you didn't see a lot of it, but uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it, I, I don't know the flow. You know about the flow of a re- professional wrestling yeah. show. It's kind of go up and down, up and down. This kind of right. just felt like it was. It stayed up. It didn't really go down. I didn't really feel like there. Were, there might have been one match, and we'll get to it a little bit later. But we'll we'll see. Now, Bobby Lashley and Theory was the next match. Now, Theory's got this whole thing behind him, Mister Money in the Bank. He's going to cash in later in the night, no matter what happens. And so you're thinking, and, and this is the way it kind of happened. Bobby Lashley kind of destroyed Theory um theory got in a couple of shots but bobby lashley won convincingly um but bobby lashley is being groomed to be another opponent for roman reigns in my opinion you know big big strong guy main eventer and uh u.s champion or not so let's 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 go into that a little bit what do you think about theory i'm gonna start with chris burns i I don't know how much you've seen of him or back and forth but uh he was vince's boy and i know i know of him and it seemed like the the more bigger story was like whether he's going to cash uh, cash in the money in the bank. Okay, right. Whether other it, than whether him, whether it would have been against Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, how how that match would have been turned out. Sure, I guess that, I guess that was more the focus than was the match against Lashley. Do you like them advertising? that he's going to cash in like they were advertising it for weeks. He's even said, no matter what happens at SummerSlam, I'm cashing it. Do, do you find that, or do you find it to be a little bit more interesting when it just kind of happens as a surprise or is anything really surprise anymore? I think, I think, uh, I think it's probably better used as a surprise. Uh, and maybe, maybe now after the SummerSlam thing, maybe it will be for now, but go ahead. Yeah. I think me, if, uh, if, I mean, with all the other storylines that they're focusing on, like talking about like cashing, talking about advertising them cashing the uh, mm-hmm. way the bank, kind of get kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah, it's true. And, and does it kind of take away from as Bobby Lashley? Am I going in there saying, "Well, I'm not really the focal point of this match. It's really Theory. It's really his briefcase," you know? And do does anybody ever think that Theory even has a chance in this match? I I don't think anybody did, but. I think it was still a decent match and it, it was nice for Bobby Lashley to get some, to kind of get over. Um, how'd you feel about that match? Big ugly. Yeah, I mean, I thought the match was good. Uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not very sold on theory. Gotcha. So 
you know, as far as the match goes, you know, it was fine. As far as like theory and the, the briefcase, I actually would have preferred that they, I actually like when you kind of forget the person has the briefcase. Yeah. And they can come out of nowhere and cash it in. Kind of like Seth Rollins and Randy Orton at WrestleMania 31. Exactly. The whole yeah. focus was on their match and the j and security outside and all this kind of stuff. And this was match number two. And then four hours later, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins coming. I didn't see that coming. And I was there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, because you were so focused on Roman and Brock and it's yeah. been built up that it's like, and like you said, like it, it was a lot of focus on Seth and Orton and their rivalry, the yeah. money in the bank. It had nothing to do with it. So when he came out, it was like, and that's why that's still one of the biggest moments that they show when they do like the packages and stuff. They always show that moment because it, it was special. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, theory, I, I'm not sold on. I, I actually think he's going to be one of the guys that I'm interested to see the trajectory of where he goes now that Triple H is in, because it was obvious that he was a, a Vince guy, but I'm right. not sure he's going to maintain this level of push. I wonder if he gets buried now. I don't know how, how sold Triple H was on him. Correct. Yeah, I'm interested. Yes. It, it, we'll, we'll definitely see a shift if it happens. But, yeah, I, t- I totally understand. Like, the focus was going completely the other way. The focus was on Orton and, and Seth, and the focus was on uh, Roman and Brock for the first time. Little did we know that that rivalry was going to last eight years, but that's okay. Um, but, no, you forgot that he had it because he had it for so long because that was WrestleMania. And he won it in June the previous year. So he always carried it around with him, but that wasn't the focus. Right. I got you. I love it. That's fantastic. And as, as we see that, uh, you know, we, um, we're going to we're going to take a break in a little bit and then we're going to come back with segment two of this podcast. But I'm going to get in one more thing uh, about SummerSlam because we'll, we'll talk about that and then we'll give the premium live event an intermission like they used to have. Um, we'll talk about the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios, which was no disqualification. Um, and I think the match was a pretty good fight. I, I, I am. I'm okay with uh, the Mysterios. I'm okay with uh, both Judgment Day. I'm not so, so sold as Finn Balor as a heel yet, but he can do it. Um, but the most important part of this thing was it, promos that were being played over the last couple of weeks and a promo that was even played earlier in the night. Uh, he's coming back. Everybody kind of figured out it was Edge. Um, and he did come back with the short hair, came back uh, coming, coming out of the fire and uh, came back to a huge pop came in and kind of made sure the Mysterios did not get destroyed by the Judgment Day after the match was over. Um, and the Mysterios won the match. So, Big Ugly, I'm going to come back to you in a second to see how you like the match. But Chris Burns, what do you think about the Judgment Day storyline, Edge turning heel and turning face so far again? It was an obviously, it was an experiment that didn't work. The Mysterios, you know, has Ray given uh, Dominic enough of a rub? Does he need to take a break now? What do you think about these guys? Um. He kind of kind of hit the nail on the head with with a uh, Judgment Day. Okay. Um, sorry, scroll moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen enough of uh, of Dominic to give you an honest opinion on that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard he's I heard he's get. I mean, I did hear he's getting better. Obviously, he's yeah. He's got the t- got the TV time to I guess to back up his talent. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I guess I guess it's really just. This is up to up to Ray Mysterio. Is how how much longer he wants to do it. I mean, I know he's. I mean, Gray Gray is is late late forties. Yeah. But at the same time, he's been doing this for thirty years. Right. I mean, how many how many more knees? I mean, how many more knee surgeries are going to take for him to pack it in? Because I know he's had like seven or eight of them. 
I know, I know. You know, and he is popular with the fans, and he does yes. sell merchandise, and he's good with yes. the kids. But does he need to work a full schedule? I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you hit a lot of nails on the head there. Big Ugly, what do you think about this match? Uh, you know, the match was okay. Okay. Um, I think for me, you know, I, I think the biggest mistake was get was taking Edge out of Judgment Day and then putting in Finn Balor. I think that they they almost destroyed that stable just as soon as they started it. Yeah. Um, Ed, Edge was needed for that stable to really get legs. He he was the mouthpiece, and he is good at that. Um, Finn Balor is not that kind of guy. No. If you're talking about changing out guys. And I feel like that stable went from something that was kind of like, hmm, this might have something to just being like, okay, this is just going to be another stable that fizzles out in a couple of months. It could. Yeah, Finn um, Balor was kind of like, we got nothing else for you to do. So here, go yeah, do this. There you go. And then, you know, as far as the Mysterios, I just don't think the Mysterios are a good team for Judgment Day to be going against. Like, okay. I don't feel like they're the right guys to put Judgment Day over, if that makes sense. Um, no, I feel you. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know who was trying to put who over in that match, but it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, and, obviously. Right. And, and I guess I shouldn't say put over. I more just mean, like, to get Judgment Day feeling like a believable, threatening stable. Yeah. I, I, I almost think that they didn't give it enough time, um, you know, especially with Edge being at the helm. Um, they could have ran with that a little bit more. Um, or they, you know, could have left Finn Balor out of it. Finn Balor could have been like a convert, you know, what they're trying to do with Dominic, you know, trying to get him to join, but beating his ass or beating, you know, beating somebody up that he liked, you know, it could have been a, a little different. But so Judgment Day might be just one of those factions that fizzles. Um, but there's a lot of talent in there. Rhea Ripley, uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. There's some talented people, but I don't know how well the faction's going to go. But yeah, the, um, the Mysterios did win via Finfall. So, <laughs> And the thing is, Finn could have been a part of it. I don't know what WWE's thing is about, like, it, it must only be, like, three people in a stable. Like, they, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they could have just had a fourth guy, and Finn Balor could have been the fourth guy. It could have just been where almost like the Hurt Business, where Edge didn't need to wrestle. Right. The other three did everything, and Edge was, like, the MVP. You, right. you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and it would have worked out. Like, I feel you. We got to write to WWE, man. You know, now Triple H is taking over creative. Maybe he kind of inherited the the uh, the problem of Judgment Day. Um, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, what we're going to do is going to take a short break right now. Gentlemen, uh, please log in to segment two. I know, Chris Burns, you, you found your way out of the thunderstorm into segment one. So find your way into segment two. And um, we're going to come back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We're going to keep talking about SummerSlam. And we got some more breaking news here. And we'll, we'll talk about EWA a little bit because we know a little something about that, Chris Burns. Um, so uh, don't change that channel. We'll be right back. And we are back once yeah. again. Damn it. Yes. On the 107 episodes, you think I got it on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. And I'm a big ugly. And we have been surprised today by the return once again of the one and only Chris Burns. Chris, uh, thanks for sticking with us and sticking it out through the thunderstorm. Are you staying dry? Yes, I am. Good. All right. And you have your unnamed beverage and uh, you're, that's good. Fantastic. I love it. Um, and before we get back into SummerSlam, uh, I want to just give a shout out to uh, CM Funk. Uh, obviously, he's a he's a traveling man and uh, he knows about this. He oh. knows about us. 
But uh, yes, absolutely. Got to give a shout out CM Funk. Give a shout out to Jason Justin Tucker. Um, actually, as, as, as we speak today, uh, the NFL is having their first game this evening. It's not the Ravens, not yet, but they're having their first game this evening. How about them Cowboys, Big Ugly? This is our year. This is your year. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you you say I feel like you've said this before. <laughs> it might be a little deja vu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. Do you, you have any uh, have any predictions, uh, uh, Chris Burns, about the NFL, about the Ravens, about anything this year? Well, I'll think from think with uh, uh, being in Baltimore, obviously we're hoping the Ravens win the Super Bowl this year. There you go. Um, uh, me, I'm, me, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad the Orioles, I mean, side note, I'm glad the Orioles are doing well, surprisingly, this season. You know, that's something we haven't been able to talk about ever on this podcast. The Orioles nah. doing well. Yes. Because <laughs> we're coming into our, what, sixth year, I think, Big Ugly? Yeah. Uh, six into seven, and the Orioles haven't really done well since 2012. So, Chris Burns, you, you're, a, you're good for mentioning that, and it was on my list. But, yes, uh, i got to say something about the hometown birds, the Baltimore Orioles. They're actually – Three games over 500 right now. They've won their last three games. Since we have talked last on this podcast, they have won a lot more games than they've lost. They were on a 10-game win streak at one point. Yep. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. And uh, we, we had an all-star, Jorge Lopez. He was our closer. We had an all-star because we just traded him. Um, but, you know, it, I understand. And as a matter of fact, we, we traded two big names, uh, Jorge Lopez, who wasn't a big name last year, by the way. Um, and we also traded one of our franchises, Trey Mancini, you know, he beat cancer just like Roman Reigns did. Um, he, he's a, he's a fan. He's a, he's been an all-star himself. He's a fantastic longtime franchise. And then he goes over to the Houston Astros who are a legitimate team as well, uh, fighting for a title. And what does he do in his first at bat? He hits a home run. Um, but what did he do in his last at-bat as an Oriole? He also hit a home run, but it was an inside-the-park home run. Um, so a little bit different, but that's pretty cool. And I think Trey Mancini will retire one day, and he should retire as an Oriole, and he should go into the Orioles Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know about the Baseball Hall of Fame, but we'll see. But, yeah, shout-out to the he Orioles. Did, he did leave, to leave uh, Baltimore with, uh, with class. He did. And he – you know, didn't take it personally. He even said, you know, if this is my last couple of days in Baltimore, I'm going to enjoy it. And thank you, Baltimore. Thank you for everything. He met his wife here, you know, in Baltimore. Um, and it's, it's a lot of things over the past nine, eight, nine years, however long he was here. Big ugly watching baseball at all. No. Okay. No. I just figured I'd ask. I don't watch it. I don't watch it either, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, same time, growing the years for doing as well as they are right now. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that the O's are doing good, which, you know, I'm happy for. And, you know, I'm, I'm always down to go to a game, but as yeah. far as actually just like watching it on TV and keeping up with it, no. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I was kind of on and off with it for a while, but then when I heard, you know, things started happening, uh, we started pitching better, which we, I don't hear about that very often. We started winning games. We started making comebacks. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I remember watching even as a kid. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and it's great to watch. They got an off day today. Thank goodness. Cause that thunderstorm out there sounds like it's all up and down the East coast. Um, but they're going to play tomorrow. 30th anniversary of the Orioles at Oriole park in Camden yards this weekend. Um, they're celebrating it. This is the 30th year. That's it's amazing. It's, it's amazing to think it's been 30 years. Um, I remember when that ballpark opened, I was in, uh, I was in high school. <laughs> so, oh my God, but shout out to the Baltimore Orioles. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about SummerSlam. Let's get back 
to SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, as they called it. Um, so the next match on the card, this was actually something that I was interested in quite a lot. Um, that was Pat McAfee and Happy Corbin. Now, neither one of these guys wrestled in wrestling attire. Neither one of them had wrestling tights. Uh, but you know what? I'll, I'm going to let that go for this this particular conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just this at once. Just this once. It just registered. <laughs> I know what you mean. You got it, though. You understand. Yeah. <laughs> Because I looked at it, I'm like watching. I'm like, dude, neither one of these guys are wearing anything wrestling related. Like, it's, it's was like, it, was that like a hardcore match or something? Uh, you know, it wasn't. It mm. wasn't hardcore. It wasn't no disqualification. And as a matter of fact, the match before that, which was Mysterio's and Judgment Day, was no disqualification. Uh. And they actually had a ref bump in there um, in this match too, which was. I mean, we saw ref bumps on this night. We saw people getting thrown out of. Uh, you know, thrown out of the arena. We saw some good storylines. It, it was pretty good. But this grudge match, first of all, I love pa everything Pat McAfee does. Um, he's a great announcer. It's like he never had handcuffs to begin with, I don't think. Um, but he's proven himself in the ring in NXT, in WWE. He's done a good job. He's gotten the fans to get behind him. Um, I, I like it. And, and Happy Corbin, Baron Corbin, whatever the hell you want to call him. I've always liked him from the beginning. Uh, I think he's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of in-ring talent. I think he's the whole package. I think this was a great match. And Pat McAfee did win by pinfall, and it was clean. So, Big Ugly, I'm going to start with you. What would you think of the match? What would you think of the story? Uh, and, and clothing aside, that's my bet. That's my pet peeve. Clothing aside. I love the story. You know, I, let me just put it this way. I don't think Pat McAfee has had a bad story. Wow. A bad match. You remember his first storyline was with Adam Cole, who's one of these guys in AEW that's kind of riding the bench. You feel that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But go on. Go on, Big Ugly. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the, the story with uh, with Corbin. Um, I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Yeah, very good. And there's, there's room to grow here. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be over. I mean, it could be over. But uh, there's room. I mean, there, there's room for characters to grow here. And I think Pat McAfee's doing a great job on commentary. Um, and, and, you know, he wasn't on commentary for a lot of SummerSlam, obviously, because he was working. But I, I don't know if you felt the commentary, Big Ugly, but it didn't have handcuffs on it. It didn't feel like Vince was screaming in people's ears. It felt like they were kind of throwing in references like Michael Cole even came out with, oh, 92 SummerSlam or something like that. I mean, they, they were coming out. They were just kind of having conversations. I mean, I felt the commentary was very, it flowed very well. Right. Yeah. You know, I have to say I did not really pay attention to that, but I, I, I believe you. I would have to go back and look at that to like really analyze the difference. I believe gotcha. Oh man, and I got—I just got a message from uh, from Chris Burns. Wherever he is, uh, he has lost power. Um, so I'm oh, yeah, gonna just send him a quick I, I just message. Noticed, yeah, he's completely frozen. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. He's, uh, he's get out. power back soon, and I hope you're okay. And we'll be here for another 30 minutes at least, Chris. Yeah. So I was just letting him know. Uh, but that's uh, hope he gets back power. But that you know, it's it's nasty outside. This is what uh, the pandemic taught us about Zoom. When, you know, and it's, it's great stuff. But yeah, yeah, I mean, commentary is a big thing, especially if you're watching on television. You want to, you want to hear, you want to believe it. And unfortunately, some of these guys that have done commentary for so long seems like it's so jaded. But now, I mean, it feels like the people doing the best commentary uh, have been Pat McAfee and, and people like that. And I enjoyed Michael Cole and Corey Graves um, 
it was fantastic. So the, the match was good. Commentary was good. I liked the story and um, good to go. So let's see. What notable moments and observations? This is a, this is a Bleacher Report. I like to read Bleacher Report from time to time. Me too. Um, you don't have to like Corbin to admit he is great at his job. He does whatever WWE asks him and puts his full effort into it. That's why he keeps being featured so heavily. Amen. They've changed his gimmick and his look and his story so many times, but he knocks it out of the park with everything he does. Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you if you look back to like that lone wolf gimmick at NXT to oh, yeah. to the corporate Baron Corbin, right? You know, which you know to to now with the sad Corbin, the happy Corbin, <laughs> he he's good. I mean, what can you say? I think he's he's going to be to me in that 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 you know when you look back on history and you you know those those like middle card guys that were like staples like your your Jeff Jarrett your honky tonk man your your Razor Ramones right I think Corbin is going to be that guy twenty years from now you know he's going to be that guy that everybody remembers as that reliable just knocked it out of the park whatever gimmick he was given and you know in that mid card. So hopefully he deals with things respectfully and politically, you know, that he's not, you know, big a political chip, but you think he could be a lifer. Yeah. I think he could be a guy that, you know, even if he's not a lifer, right. Cause some of these guys weren't, weren't lifers, the guys I was naming, but yeah, yeah. You know, even if he's not a lifer, I think 20 years from now, he's made a big enough mark on the company that people from this generation and the young kids from this generation or the, you know, the young teenagers, they're going to remember Corbin, almost how we do like the Hall of Fame yes. segment. And we talk about, you know, guys that we remember from when we were young. It's like they're going to look back and be like, you know, somebody's going to do a pocket like Baron Corbin. It's like, yeah, he needs to go in the Hall of Fame because he he was that reliable middle card guy that everybody remembers, took whatever was given to him and knocked it out of the park. Amen. I, I love it. And that's great. And With, I, without without wrestling attire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's had wrestling attire in the past, but he doesn't right now. Uh, yeah. But I love the gimmick, and I lo- he's knocking out of the park everything he does. Okay, so uh, as well, oh wait a minute, uh, we got a knock on the door. I think uh, it looks like uh, possibly the power and the Wi-Fi are coming back. Are you back with us, Chris? I'm back now. Sorry Fantastic. about that. No, you're good, man. See, you, there's just so much electricity running through because Chris Burns is on the other side, you know, the um, most electrifying man in podcast history. And you, you just blew up. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. This, yeah. That storm that y'all got just now hit me. Oh boy. So yeah, you gotta be somewhere in the vicinity. We're not going to disclose where, because we no, don't need no, pap- no. paparazzi following you. No, we don't um, need that. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And you came back on just in time for us to t- start talking about the Usos and the street profits. Now I'll tell you something. The last time they were on a premium live event, these two had a match, um, these two teams, and it was, it stole the show. It was the most amazing professional wrestling match. And now you're adding the element of the special guest referee, who is Jeff Jarrett, who is Nashville royalty, who the very next night, as a matter of fact, which they actually hinted at on SummerSlam, said it's a big weekend for Jeff Jarrett. They didn't say why, but they hinted at it. Because then we will talk about this later on after SummerSlam, Ric Flair's last match. That's what the show was called. That's what the event was wrapped around. And he had it. Ric Flair's last match. We will talk about that. Um, But the Usos versus the Street Profits for the undisputed tag team championships with Jeff Jarrett as the referee. Um, I think the match was not as good as the last time they met in the ring because that was a hard act to follow. But I think the story was very well told. The match was good. Don't get me wrong. I just think the match was better last time. But I, you can't have a 
five-star match every single time, I guess, especially if you keep repeating the same match over and over again. But the element of Jeff Jarrett was wonderful. He was a, he didn't have a consistent count as a referee. It's not like he was trying to go back and forth, but he just counted faster and slower at certain times for no reason whatsoever. So (laughs) I'm a referee, you know, Chris Burns and you know that big ugly. So I take that shit seriously, but. um, Well, in in grant that he's, Jeff Jarrett's been in the wrestling business basically all his life because he's second generation. But at the same time, he's a wrestler, not a referee. You're right. And and referee cadence is not something you can just have and pick up, whether you, you know, if if you're working in the ring. And I know you've refereed before, Chris. You've ring announced before. You've done it all. Um, But it's hard to get that referee's cadence down. I just noticed that. I don't think anybody's going to point him out for that. I don't think he's going to go backstage and Triple H is going to have his lunch for that. You know, but anyway, it was a good match. I thought, and uh, I'll get some big, ugly comments here, but notable moments. Uh, the entrance for the profits was awesome. Made him feel like a big deal. I agree with that. Uh, WWE really needs to sell special jerseys. It's been making for Ford and Dawkins. It's, oh my God, I've said that from the beginning. That's like a John Cena thing. You need merch, man. They would sell that, especially if they sold a street profits Jersey and they just kind of changed the name everywhere they went, or at least made it like a tour Jersey. They would sell the crap out of that. Um, Dawkins jumping in Seguri. Yep, absolutely. Ford is so agile. Ford, Montez Ford is a main eventer all on his own. Uh, that man is just incredible. Yeah, you um, know it's coming. It's like you, you you feel it coming. You know that they're going oh, to break them up soon. Uh, Montez Ford is just, he, he's elevating, you know, every time. And you know they're going to break, they're going to break them up soon so that they can give Montez Ford a push. Do you feel, I mean, and I was going to, I knew you were going to go there, Big Ugly. I felt it because I've, I've been calling it for a long time. You know, I always like to say, oh, this guy's going to turn on this guy. I don't think it's going to be anybody turning on anybody. I think it's just going to be Montez Ford becoming the Shawn Michaels of the team. Absolutely. I think what they're going to do is, what I think what's going to happen is they're going to start getting more like individual matches. Okay. And they're just going to slowly dissolve them. Kind of like, almost like with the New Day. I mean, they kind of use a brand split for the New Day. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a contentious breakup. I just think they're going to just slowly start putting them in angles that keep them out of tag team matches and then boom. Right. I, I don't think this is a team that needs the tag team championship. Maybe that's the, maybe. Point. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we're not getting the uh, street profit merch. Maybe, uh, and you know, because if they if they turn them, then the merch goes sour. Um, and then maybe they get their own merch, or at least Montez does. Um, but you, yeah, you could be right. I mean, if they plan on keeping them together for a while, the merch is definitely left on the table. But if they if the plan is to have Montez kind of, and I think and I think Dawkins would do okay on his own, but I think Montez is going to shine. Um, but what do you think about the match, I mean, Big Ugly? Yeah, Montez has the you know he has the, the charisma. He's he's definitely got the in ring work. You know, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's pretty obvious that he probably has what it takes to start moving. You into notice he's balked up a little bit too. Yes, he's definitely he, putting on more weight. He's yeah. always been ripped as far, but I always thought he was like a skinny ripped. Yes, yeah. he's got more thickness to him now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that could that, that could have been a Vince thing before he left. Hey, pal, you want to balk up? We'll put you in a singles role. You know, I don't know yeah. who knows, but. I think they could they could survive. I think the Street Profits got a little more juice left in them, and I think uh, they can they can lay the apple if they do it smartly and correctly and don't make it so obvious. I think that could be a, a still be a good storyline. And of course, the Usos being dominating part of the part of the um, part of the bloodline, being you know undisputed tag team champions. I think the Usos are definite 
doing what they need to do. Let me uh, ask you guys a question. Love the Usos. Go ahead. Speaking of tag teams, Triple H in charge now, creative. Okay. Do we have a chance of getting Enzo and Cash back? I'm going to start with you, Chris. What do you think? It could, ha- it could happen. Okay. Never said never, right? Yeah, me, me, if it's, me, if it's good for business, I'm going to see why Triple H wouldn't go for it. But, oh. the, but, I think, but I think them leaving was probably a Triple H thing to begin with. Would it not? Could it I think I think thought I heard like Enzo kind of went out on bad terms anyways. Yeah, he, well, he kind of went out on bad terms, I think. Yeah. He jumped out on a soapbox and, you know, but obviously we see never say the, never. But of course, the fact that he tried hijack a pay-per-view didn't really do him anything. <laughs> yeah, I think that that probably hurt the most. Yeah, definitely. But as far as tag teams go, I think Triple H is, uh, you know, if, if he put on a fantastic tag team creative product in the NXT Black and Gold brand. And I think they're going to do uh same thing in 2.0 now that he's back at the helm. I think I don't think anybody's off the table. Enzo and Cass were great for business. Um, Cass is kind of uh, doing, you know, uh, William Morrissey or whatever you want to call him. He's kind of treading water, doing his own thing, you know, but he's not like blowing up. Enzo was blowing up for a while just because he was doing other things than wrestling. And when the wrestling match came, it was just kind of like, okay, I was just more interested in everything else Enzo was doing. And that's kind of like it was in the WWE. We wanted to see what Enzo was going to say. Yes. Um, we wanted to, him to come out there and play that character. And then the tag team match was, you know, cook, you know, cookie cutter A to B. It was fine. Um, but it was great to have the little guy, the big guy, the dynamic, the, the, the characters. I, I think that would get a big pop if it happened. Would it? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine <laughs> that music hitting, bro? I mean, that would. It would be like when the Hardys came back at, what was that, that WrestleMania? WrestleMania Hardys... 33, yeah. Yeah. It would be like that. Like that crowd would go wild, bro. I think Triple H is all about the big moments and the yeah. big pops. I mean, he pulled them, he pulled some of them out in the first match of SummerSlam. I mean, come on now. Yeah. Um, all right. So here we go. This is the one that I'm kind of, this is the match that I'm kind of eh about. Um, Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey, SmackDown women's title. I, Bruh. I don't even know how much time we need to talk about this. I am just so disappointed. I'm going to just sum it up this way. Go ahead. I am just completely disappointed with this recent Ronda Rousey run. Yeah. Completely. Like, all, all the matches, the angles from Charlotte to Liv, everything. It, it's, just, it's just a shell of what it was back in 2019. It, it's... Yeah, it's almost like you forget that this is Ronda Rousey. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you never forget that it's goddamn Brock Lesnar. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but right. it's like you're forgetting, like, this is Ronda Rousey. This was one of the biggest UFC fighters of all time, like, female fighters of all time. And that's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like she's – I don't know if it's her or if it's the creative behind her or whatever it is, but she's kind of – losing not only the mystique that she had when she came in but she's losing out on the reputation that she built up for herself there you go yep yeah um chris burns what do you think about this well, i know it's like the uh, i know like this uh this run of ronda rousey doesn't really cut the mustard comparators yeah right. i think chris might have cut our first one Nope, there he is. Can you still hear me? Can you hear me? Yep, we can yep. hear you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I was saying like the like the first run, she pretty much went undefeated. Then she then she lost 
not necessarily cleanly, like I guess in the eyes of like casual fan, then then she just disappeared. Obviously, to obviously a star family to pull back the curtain on that. Yeah, uh, but but coming back now, she she wasn't really like the big force that she was prior to that. Yeah, um, like I know, like I know this this match at SummerSlam. They guess they at the same time she didn't really lose cleanly and guess it left it left it open whether yeah it wasn't clean it was like it, she was uh she was in the arm bar Liv Morgan was in the arm bar but Ronda Ronda's shoulders were down and so the ref counted and, the shoulders and did, down and, and did, did I read that did I hear that um Liv was tapping out too and didn't get seen correct yeah, that, because of where the referees uh because of the placement of the referee his vantage point was watching the shoulders wasn't watching for the tap um and that's right. I, I definitely and, and that, that, that could could possibly made, made the ref could made the ref look bad or something. But at the same time, it does set them up for uh, where, where they at. Uh, uh, Clash at the castle. Clash at the castle, which we will talk about. And Rhonda did. They, 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 set, they could set set up another match with them down the road as well. Yeah, probably oh, yeah. will definitely. And, and they and now Rhonda is not tweening anymore. Rhonda is a full-blown heel um after that and she attacked a referee uh, all kinds of stuff and so i feel like that in itself was like their attempt at getting the old ronda rousey back because you remember when she first came she would do that often she would attack the security like right to stop her i feel like that's triple h's attempt at being like we have to take her back to what made her great in the beginning which right. was like this unpredictability that she will just go off on anybody that's a good move. I mean, because obviously you you you'd said it before we even started talking about it. It's like this ain't this ain't working. And even yeah. Chris Burns followed it up. This ain't working. Yeah, try um, try, try to make try to make it make her look like that ruthless force. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. she was. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm okay with that. She doesn't. And that's another one. If you do it right, she doesn't need a title. All no. she needs to do is cause cause our chaos. That's yeah. great. And now, um, so. And we also, and I, I kind of missed this because it wasn't a match, but Seth Rollins, uh, you know, did come out and, and did kind of talk and uh, Riddle came out, not medically cleared. And there was a, a scuffle there between Riddle and Seth Rollins. So that's not over. Um, that's going to happen eventually. Uh, I do like what Riddle's doing. I think Randy Orton gave him a hell of a rub. And uh, I think Riddle is going to be one of those uh, main event kind of guys. You'll at least uh, be able to play in a main event picture. Um. And Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins, so that's good. Okay, now don't 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 uh, log out anybody. Don't log out. You know we got more. To, we're going to talk about Clash of the Castle. We're going to talk about uh, WrestleMania 40 announcement. Um, we're going to get to that, but we got one more match in SummerSlam, and this they said it's the last match, the last fight, the last man standing. I'll believe it when I don't see it again. <laughs> but if this is the last one, this is the best one. Uh, Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar, undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Uh, I mean, I think regardless, Brock walked out when Vince retired, walked back, whatever. Both of them kind of have part-time schedules. Part, part of them are getting protected. I don't care. What they did at SummerSlam from beginning to end, including the big high spot, which had nothing to do with either one of them, uh, was amazing. I, I think that they both busted their ass. I think they both took care of each other very well in the match, but I think they, they both did a great job. Chris, um, I'm going to start with you. I don't know if you saw highlights of the match, but I mean, 
basically it was last man standing. They did a great job with the last man standing part of it. It didn't get boring. It didn't get repetitive. Um, beat the hell out of each other. And then ultimately Roman Reigns ended up winning because him and the Usos just buried um, Brock Lesnar under everything, but that's fine. But what do you think about the story, the match, things that you've heard, things that you might've seen Chris Burns. I did. Uh, I did see, did see a couple of high, highlights. Me, me did, me did, uh, did leave out the fact that it was Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and his tractor. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. But, I, I was but, I was getting to that. That was the high spot I was talking but, about. The, the um, he just me at the same you know, at the same time it was like we see Roman see Roman and Brock for like the umpteenth time. Right. But at the same time, it's it is still something different, and to the point where even Jim Cornette praised it. And That's and, and, and and Jim Cornette's a, a big big traditionalist. Right. And, then, and there's not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, everyone has their own own taste in wrestling. Uh, but the fact that even Jim Cornette was at the same, well, at the same time, bashing it and praising it at the same time. <laughs> so apparently WWE did something right on this one. Yeah. And they did. They did a lot of things right on this one. I mean, whoever put this match together, um, whoever was the creative behind it, whoever was booking, whoever the agent, I, I don't, and, you know, you put Roman and Brock out there and everybody else who was involved with the match to Paul Heyman, to the Usos, to the referee, uh, even to the commentators and the damn tractor, which I, no, I, nobody saw that coming. I don't know whose idea it was, but it's perfect. Um, that, it was just great. Big Ugly, I, I think you watched this match from beginning to end. Obviously, Theory tried to cash in the money in the bank, but he never got it, never rung the bell, never made it a three-way match, never happened, so he still has the money in the bank. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, the big high spot. Go ahead, Big Ugly. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I'm glad that Theory didn't become as big of a part of that match as they almost were trying to, like, advertise it to be. Yes, you know thank God. Um, I think that that match was just a great main event. You know, yes. um, Brock with the, the tractor, of course, the high spot, Brock knocking over the ring. Roman even falling out of the ring, which is <laughs> beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just looked believable. It looked great. You See, know, you can't practice something like right. that. Yes. The only thing that you can do is be like, okay, Brock, you yeah. need to be able to get the tractor, uh, you know, to get the uh, front end underneath yeah. this part and you need to lift <clears throat> i heard they don't they know what's going to happen i heard they tried a few times that wasn't really working out oh they oh, did really? rehearse it they did rehearse it wow yeah so they destroyed a couple of rings to that. figure that out they probably had to or <laughs> I, I thought we thought, thought read one dirt sheet where they uh they tried lifting it like during rehearsal but then the ranks like ran uh, slid all the way past the uh commentary table Oh, can't have that. No, can't. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, I don't know how much they widened the, the ringside, but first thing, Brock crashed into the ring and pushed it, <laughs> um, which is, uh, Chris, you and I have put those rings together for years. Those things are not light. <laughs> I mean, and you can imagine a WWE ring, how well and tightly that's put together. Oh, yeah. But he crashed into the ring, pushed it, then lifted the entire one corner of the ring, and then, like you said, Big Ugly, Roman – I don't think you can sell that any better. I mean, he just literally rolled out like a tumbleweed. Um, you can't protect yourself from that. I mean, it's, it's amazing that, but I've never seen anything like that in my life. We've seen rings implode. We've seen ropes break, you know, and that's great. 
but what I, the way they incorporated Brock and his being a farmer, being a, uh, a guy on the farm and kind of incorporating that in this match, using the tractor for several different things. I, even, I just loved it. Even, even Brock finally getting his, getting his due with Paul Heyman, you know, because it's like, I feel like they protect yes. Paul a lot and it's like, but it's a good thing because it built and built and built. And it's like, finally, Paul gets what's been coming to him. We got a payoff. Yeah, we got a payoff. Exactly. He got F5 through the table. And F5 that's absolutely beautiful. It was great. And he and he sold it. He just laid there. He was unconscious. It, it was perfect. It was great. Yeah. And I think that the way they did it, I don't if they ended the storyline right here, it's beautiful. I mean, it took everybody, everything to to get Lesnar down. Um and to, where do you go with a Brock Lesnar after this, though? Here's the thing. Brock Lesnar is gonna take a break again. Um, and he's actually been advertised already for day one, which is happening in Atlanta or something like that. And that's January 1st, 2023. So mm. we may not see him until, until then. Yeah. And uh, Chris, Chris Burns um, it may have lost power again. I think it was Brock Lesnar's tractor. But uh, we'll see if he can come back before <laughs> the time allotted. Um, let's see. I'm going to let him know real quick. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, so if he's not coming back to next year, that's cool. I think that at this point, man, and once again, I feel like WWE got eight minutes left in a pickle in which they back. have to try okay. and figure out what the hell do you do with Roman Reigns? I mean, at this point, Reigns has literally been through the entire roster of top guys right. in WWE and part-timers. Right. I mean... Yo, there is literally nowhere to go with Ray. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I hear you. Point. That's and, why I was, when we were talking earlier about building Bobby Lashley, even though it's kind of a, we've seen it, you know, here and there. I think Bobby Lashley could be a legitimate opponent for Roman Reigns. He could. Um, I just think that, unfortunately, they knocked him down a bit at this point. Like, I know. And, you know, he's U.S. title. He's kind of, he yeah. was kind of pushing theory storyline. That was mostly what he was doing. But they've kind of changed his entrance a little bit. They've changed, um, put making him full-time face, giving him something to do with the hands and the arms, something that the crowd can get behind. It's a slow burn, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, but talking about what's next for Roman Reigns, we know what this is at this point. Um, Clash at the Castle, first U.K. pay-per-view in over 30 years premium lime event i'm sorry um but uh drew mcintyre actually beat sheamus in a one hell of a fight that was a 35 40 minute match on smackdown the night before yeah which was amazing um and drew won and now he is going to face now we've seen drew mcintyre and roman reigns before but that's okay because we you know this is going to be in front of the uk in front of the hometown now granted what this means is that we could see drew mcintyre but see, I don't know. I don't want to see the Roman Reigns era end yet. I think yeah. he's done so much to build this empire, to build this title reign. Um, I don't. And do you I, know why you don't want to see it end? Go ahead. There's no top face. Right. Drew, Drew, Drew's a face, but he's not the top guy. He's not, he, he's not, he's not a face that you can get behind that would warrant the Roman empire ending. Same thing, Bobby Lashley, same thing. There you go. 100%. And you're right. I I don't want to see, I don't, because I don't want to see a lull. I want to see, I want to see a main event guy and I want to see somebody who's able to have a main event like they, they just had. And I want to see him do it with other people. But 
<clears throat> I don't want to see it end. It need to, to build this empire. You can't just have somebody come in and just because he's in his hometown win. Um, you now you can't send that crowd away unhappy either. So I mean, so have you get the Usos involved. Sure. I mean, you're going to do something to where it's going to be a, like a a, 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 a schmoz finish or something like that. It's not going to be clean. You know, you're not going to have Drew go down into UK clean right. to Roman Reigns. And and Roman, you know, it just took him the world to beat Brock Lesnar. So you also have to build Drew McIntyre up in this next month to kind of get on a level to be in a main event match with, with Drew because or uh, with Roman, I should say, because I think they set the bar pretty high, Roman and Brock, in this match. Agreed. Um, but it was good. I, I'm, I'm glad we're sitting here talking about a WWE premium live event and talking about it was good. Chris Burns, man, you, you, you just keep uh, electrifying people. Yeah. It's what I do. That's what you do. But we were just talking about um, Clash at the Castle coming up. Drew McIntyre is the next opponent for Roman Reigns. Um, Got to build up Drew a little bit to be in that level. I don't think we want to see the Roman Empire end yet. Um, even though it's a UK I don't, I don't think it's going to be British Bulldog Syndrome where you got to put over the guy in his hometown because I want to see Roman's reign continue. <laughs> Roman's reign. And um, I, I don't think it can be legit because where do you go from there? And you don't have a top face in the company. Drew can be a face, but maybe not the top face. And Bobby Lashley can be a face, but not the top face. Um, what do you think about that? Clash at the Castle, Drew McIntyre, where Roman goes from here. What do you think, Chris? I think Chris might be frozen again, but let me say this. I think this might be a WWE first, right? Where WWE does not have a top face. Am I, am I, am I right? I mean, if you think in the history of WWE, they've always had somebody that was a top face, but for the last year or so that Reigns has been at the top with the title being a heel, there's been no top face. The only one that I can think of is Brock Lesnar, and that's a part-time guy. Sure. Okay. Yes. Okay. And, and you know what? I wasn't thinking of Lesnar because I always feel like Lesnar is like in between, but I guess they really did kind of turn him face. They did. Recently. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, he wasn't at uh, on every TV. He wasn't at every live event. I mean, their, their top face that's been traveling and been with them. Obviously it's actually been Drew McIntyre. That's been their top face. Um, And, and and, I mean, considering the, I mean, it's like, I mean, let's just be frank. Like they have not been treating him like he's a top face. No. Um, yeah, uh, this, this is odd. Yeah, but I think they're going to have to give him that treatment at least for the next month, building up the Clash at the Castle. Um, and whether he wins or doesn't, I don't think he's going to. But I think that 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 storyline can get some traction overseas and it can get some storyline here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think they can build Bobby Lashley to be another opponent for Roman in the meantime. I mean, they've talked about it. They've teased it. WrestleMania is in Hollywood. I mean, they've got to they got to put it on the rock. I mean, XFL is coming back next year. Um, you know, as long as The Rock can stay away from all this litigation that Vince McMahon's being a part of, um, I think The Rock and Roman is, is a is a natural progression, is a natural buildup, and I'm sure we're going to talk more about that. I but feel I will like tell I don't, you, I don't got it happening. No, I don't have it happening. I know that's what everybody wants. I know that that's what's all pointing to. I just, I listen. I mean, between The Rock being Black Adam in the DC universe, yeah, that's going to be huge. All of his business ventures, the XFL. I mean, if The Rock came back and he beat Roman Reigns, right? Where do you go? The Rock can't show up to TV. Rock can't he, stay. He, he would be on an even more limited schedule than Brock Lesnar. Yeah. 
but I don't think the rock is the one to end the Roman empire, even though that would be the most legitimate threat to it. But I, I, I feel you. I, I, we're going to see, and we're going to talk about it on 108 when it comes up, I'm sure. Yeah. And but, then uh, also, I have to say, The Rock, ahead. to me, his relationship with WWE was very Vince McMahon-based. With Vince not being yeah. there, does that break, does that allure The Rock anymore? With You know, that's okay, another thing and, to consider. Him and Triple H is a different relationship than him and Vince, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Stephanie as well. Yeah, um, because when he when The Rock comes, he knows Vince is going to make him look the best he can look. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, does he gonna... feel that Triple H is going to give him that same level of care? You don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, I will say this. Um, as we count down and as we take it home on episode 107, we want to thank Chris Burns. I know he's had some some uh, some issues right there. Chris Burns is coming back for the last. He's 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 taking it home with us, Chris. All right. All right, that's good. You're you're taking it home. We were thanking you for coming back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Um and will we see uh, things happening to wrestle uh, all the way to road to WrestleMania 39, but everybody should be on the road to WrestleMania 40 anywhere in this prox- proximity of this podcast, because it's going to be back in Philadelphia for the first time in 25 years, Lincoln financial field, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, WrestleMania 40 uh, in 2024. And um, I think uh, big ugly, you know, I think dirty, ugly wrestling has got to, got to make a road trip. Absolutely. We got to be there. And, you know, Chris Burns, wherever you're at, wherever you're coming from, I think you need to make your way to Philadelphia. Yeah, as soon as as I saw that announcement, I texted my best friend with the uh, screenshot of the announcement and said, hey, looks like we're going to WrestleMania. There you go. And that that seat can that stadium can fill seventy thousand people. So a lot of us uh, that we know are going to be going. Uh, you know, EWA Pro Wrestling. We love those people. Um, it's great. Uh, but we're thanking you, Chris, for joining us on the podcast. We want you to stay safe. We want you to join us again on future podcasts. Um, and that's going to be great. Big Ugly One Hundred Seven. This is this is great, man. And we're we're definitely on the books for another year at least. Yes. Um, and I thank you for taking care of all that. We appreciate you setting up the, the, these types of meetings here with us. And uh, we're going to get to 108 probably uh, by the end of the summer, around Labor Day, something like that, probably around the Clash at the Castle because we're going to have to talk about that. Yes, um, it's going to be great, guys. I want to thank you very much. I want you to stay safe. I want you to enjoy your summer. Stay cool. Go Orioles. And uh, Big Ugly, we should take it out as we always do, shouldn't we? Three, two, one. Deuces. 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 Chris Burns, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Burns. Hey, guys.